Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. You can find out more about my work as an intuitive guide and spiritual teacher at karenhager.com. Now then, did you ever meet a narcissist? If you or anyone you know has ever been trapped in a narcissistic abusive relationship, trying to figure out what's going on and then moving toward healing and release can seem like an overwhelming task. My guest today is Dr. Tracy Kemble. She says that a narcissist wants to prevent their victims from leaving, and they do that by instilling fear and blame, guilt and confusion. But she says, if you can name what's happening, if you can see what's going on, you can get free. Are you ready to meet her? Dr. Tracy Kemble is a thought leader, entrepreneur, author, women's empowerment expert, and a survivor of narcissistic abuse. For the last 26 years, she's committed part of her life to help women heal from narcissistic trauma. She's the founder of the Win Foundation, a nonprofit that offers programs of recovery for those faced with narcissistic trauma. And her highly acclaimed Reclaiming Me program has been healing and empowering lives since 1996. Her newest book is Narctionary, the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Dictionary. You can find out more about Dr. Tracy and her work at drtracy.tv. Dr. Tracy, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you, Karen. I'm so happy to be here. You know what I, I love about your name? And I was so excited when I got asked uh, to be on the show or invited to be on the show is that there is actually something in the narcissistic uh, trauma cycle where a trauma victim will actually suffer from what we term narcissistic fog hmm. or the fog. And what that stands for is because of the trauma, you end up in a, in a place where you're operated by fear, obligation, and guilt. And we call that the narcissistic fog. So with the name of your show, I think that I think this is a perfect synergetic meet. Oh, I'm oh good. I'm very glad. I love it when it all comes together that way. I talk to people off, often in the work that I do who are in that kind of a fog. And as you get deep enough into this, it's hard to know what's real anymore. And I'm wondering, so let's let's start with, because narcissism is a word that we throw around a lot. If somebody's mean or selfish, we're like, ah, what a total narcissist. But what is narcissism really? What is a narcissist? Well, you know, that that's a really good point. And it's it's been a point that's been coming up more and more is, you know, where does, as I like to say, where does a, a crappy day accompanied by our crappy behavior <laughs> merge into somebody who's narcissistic. And uh, the, the, the way that I describe that is, is, is this. So when you're speaking about narcissism, the, the word narcissism has been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, that being said, if not thousands of years. So we're not talking about a brand new subject. What came onto the market is the understanding of this condition called narcissist narcissism, that when somebody lives within somebody who suffers from narcissism, 
they are affected by what is called narcissistic abuse. See how the ghost I'm giving name to? So this, a narcissist is, we all have narcissism in us. We all have what we, we all are need. We all need to have what is called healthy narcissism and healthy narcissism. Imagine my hands are directly right in front of, of my, my decollete heart and soul area. We all need a healthy narcissism that, stays right there. And that allows us to keep the good in and push the bad out. Narcissism is a spectrum disorder. It's not like being pregnant. It's not like, you know, either you are or you're not. So this is one of the reasons why it can get so confusing is that you can be with somebody who who more, more than what's comfortable, they're having these quote unquote um, bratty days, Well, the more a person engages in the characteristics of narcissism means the more they're they're suffering from narcissism. So the scale looks like this. In the middle, there's healthy narcissism. As it merges on up the right-hand side, it then merges into narcissistic characteristics. And narcissistic characteristics are very difficult people. You're just exhausted by the time that you, you step away from them. As it continues to go on up the scale, it then goes into narcissistic personality disorder. Now, this is where you can be diagnosed by a professional. And to actually get a diagnosis, you do need a professional to diagnose the the narcissist. And these are very, very problematic people. As it continues to move on up the scale, it then merges into antisocial personality disorder, i.e. sociopath and psychopath. And these are dangerous people that we need to stay away from. Now, the very interesting part about this scale that is only new information on the recovery market, and it's everything that I built my recovery programs on, at the opposite end of narcissistic personality, right, the opposite side of that pole, is a condition called self-love deficiency disorder. And it is only by healing your self-love deficiency disorder that you will be able to disengage from the narcissist and the narcissistic abuse. That's so challenging because I would imagine a narcissist wouldn't be that interested in helping me love myself more because the energy of the narcissist would be more focused on, uh, like I'm assuming attention on, attention on them or things that serve their agenda. So if I am living with self-love deficiency disorder, that's going to be, I would think it compounded, amplified by, and also feeding, serving the relationship with a narcissist. Well, that's exactly what happens is that there's only two types of personalities that can sustain a narcissistic relationship. And that is a narcissist with a narcissist and I always joke around and say, but they end up breaking up because they all fight for the, the mirror. And then the other one that is the long-term running relationships is a narcissist plus a self-deprecate, i.e. somebody that suffers from self-love deficiency disorder. And earlier when you said, gosh, I think that the narcissist you know, would want to keep me down. The answer is absolutely. The narcissist not only wants to keep his or her victim down, the narcissist has to keep his or her victim down. Why? Because that victim is giving the narcissist their fuel for living, which is called fuel source, which is called uh, narcissistic fuel. Um, 
And so it, without us praising and worshiping and drinking the Kool-Aid of the narcissist or without us crying and on the floor and reinforcing to the narcissist how powerful they are in our life, they need us in that position in order for them to feel alive because a narcissist is like a, a battery, a cell phone battery, in that when that battery goes down, they feel like they're literally going to evaporate. And the way that they stay, quote unquote, charged is by fueling, i.e. taking energy, attention, um, accolades from people or situations around them. So what happens if I'm in that kind of relationship? I realize what's going on and I begin to withdraw the fuel. Couldn't that get dangerous? Yes, it can. It's, you know, the, the average human being doesn't like change, right? The average human being doesn't like change because most of us live in habit. And when somebody comes along and breaks our pattern of habit, we'll try to rebel to get that person to you know, go back so that we can remain comfortable and, and live in habit. Well, the same thing is with narcissism only greatly amplified in that they not only don't, they like the habit of us being there, but they are requiring on us to feel sustainable. And so when we withdraw, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to come on 10,000 times stronger and try to do whatever it takes to keep us from, from not leaving. And if we do leave, normally it's, it, it's then accompanied with them love bombing us and trying to do whatever it takes to win us back. But the problem is once they win us back, because abuse has a cycle, it will never go back to the wonderful points that the initial part of the relationship were. And I'd imagine that part of that, part of the draw to stay may be the hope in the non-narcissist that if they can just hmm, fuel the narcissist correctly, if they can just do what's required of them, if they can just like be a better person or change or something that then they can get back to the way it was in the beginning. They're trying to earn their way back to that love. Well, that's, and that's a common misconception, you know, that, that can happen with normal relationships when somebody makes a mistake and they think like, oh, dang it. I, I really hurt the person I love. First off, a narcissist doesn't have that thought. If they do something to hurt you, they go, woohoo, that felt good, man. Look how powerful I am. <laughs> and a normal person will be like, Ooh, they'll have this thing called empathy. And they'll be like, oh my God, I hurt the person I love. And they're going to want to make amends to to help heal the trauma wound that they cause. And allow me to say, this is to happen few and far between, especially as adults, we're not supposed to go around hurting each other. So the more mature you are, the, the less that rule applies. You know, we should be um, hurting uh, each other as our own human beings because we are all here on our own journey that nobody owns but us, right? So that's a totally different show though. <laughs> right. Um. So... So what happens though is is the narcissist, there are three cycles, there are three phases in the narcissistic abuse cycle. Phase number one is is the golden phase or the honeymoon phase or what I call the dream boy and dream girl phase. And that is when the narcissist finds their target and yes, they scope them out and 
they they will do whatever it takes to make this person fall in love with them. They will future fake, they will love bomb, they will have fake empathy. And what that means is they will listen very carefully to your conversations and try to identify the most vulnerable parts of their life with something that has also happened to them. And then you think, oh my gosh, this person really gets me. And they're, they're, they're very, very clever. So this, this honeymoon phase, the dream boy, dream girl stage, it can last for up to two years. And then what happens is all of a sudden, because it, it's built on a faulty foundation and the narcissist is wearing this, this friendly mask, the mask, it's called mask slipping and the mask will start to slip. And so what happens is that narcissists are very, very emotionally immature people. And so they're like children, you know, um, if, if you've ever had a child and you come home and you're all excited because you got your child their favorite toy. And in about a week or so, they're over it and they want something new, right? If not even the afternoon. Well, that's how the narcissist sees their target, is that this is a person that they're all enamored with in the beginning. And they love the attention we give them. They love how we make them look. They love our empathy. They love our feeling. They love our light. And so we build and they pedestal us and, and they just make us feel like the most special person in the world. And that really hits home with us because the only type of a person that could be attracted and, and to stay within a relationship is, is a wounded empath, is somebody who has that great need to be validated by validated in love and not abandoned by another person. And so the narcissist talks all these buzzwords and what happens is so that will last for about um, up to two years. And just like that little child who gets bored of that perfect toy, that's what happens to the narcissist. Just one day, all of a sudden, everything that you do, it's just not enough. They're, they're bored with that infusion. And so now they need a different infusion. And this is when they, they switch gears and they enter into phase two, which is called the degradation stage. And in the degradation stage is when they start all of their shenanigans or i.e. their abuses that can really cause trauma on the victim. This is when they start to gaslight. This is when they start to blame shift. This is when they 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 start um, just doing all the many many things that they do, and and it will what the per, the reason that it happens is that they feel like they've got you in their clutches. You have officially been onboarded to the cult, and oh. now they're going to keep you there. And they know that they in order for you to stay in the relationship, they have to break you down. And so that's what they just begin doing is to break down, break down, make you feel less confident, make you feel more invisible, make you to the point that you're chasing the love that you used to have, which it's never going to come back because the golden period, if it does come back, it comes back for a day or two. And then in a matter of a short time that the cycle will begin. And then the third part of the cycle is called the, the, the discard. And in the discard is literally when the narcissist has had enough for you. They have probably found something else that will fuel them more. And they literally put the person that has sat there and taken their crap for life out like trash oh. with, with no explanation. So, oh my gosh. So when you're working with people who have come out of these relationships have most of them sort of gotten out by being dumped. That's awful. Uh, it's, it, 
you know, with a narcissist, there's two, there's two exits only. There's the great discard. Um, and then there's, there's a person who is, can't, can hardly breathe anymore. And she's so debilitated that she's reaching out for help um, to figure out what's wrong with her. And, and the saddest thing about it is that many times quote, what's quote unquote wrong with her doesn't have a name. And so that's what happened to me when, when I first went into therapy and the therapist did what the therapists do, which is, why aren't you here? And I, I said, the only way I could describe what was happening to, to me is I said, well, I feel invisible and my mind feels like it's made of mush. And that's all I could, that's the only thing that I could describe myself at. And it took a while. It was before uh, narcissism, narcissistic abuse, narcissistic trauma, et cetera, et cetera, were so um, popular in, in our vocabulary, but, um, it took a while. And then finally, one day somebody connected some of the dots and, uh, introduced me to the concept of, of a narcissist and narcissistic abuse. And many years later, here I am making sure that we'll get that information sooner rather than later. You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Dr. Tracy Kemble. She's the author of Narctionary, the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Dictionary. And you can find out more about Dr. Tracy and her work at drtracy.tv. That's D-R-T-R-A-C-Y dot T-V, drtracy.tv. So, Dr. Tracy, are narcissists suffering too? Are they, I'm hearing this, this hunger to be fueled and the, are narcissists suffering too, or is that sort of not a thing? No, it is a thing. If, if you dig deep into this condition, um, you know, one of the reasons why a narcissist and the self-deprecator, somebody who suffers from self-love deficiency disorder um, bond is because they are opposite sides of the same coin. And what I mean by that is that, you know, I, I'm a full believer in, in honoring the, the laws of the universe and the law of polarity. And this is a, a classic example that of, of the law of polarity. The, the coin that bonds the trauma victim and the narcissist together is trauma. Both of these individuals as children experienced some sort of familial, and I mean the family unit that you grew up in, the environment that you grew up in, abandonment or, or trauma. And most likely, uh, especially in the world of narcissism, that there was a narcissist within that family. And as I always tell people when I speak on this subject is no children in a narcissistic family unit come out unscathed. Mm. Every child comes out with certain trauma wounds. And what I have found in my research is, is that when, when within a narcissistic family unit, um, there are several things that could happen to the children. One child could be considered the golden child. And the golden child is the one that the narcissist literally worships. And that child does no wrong. Um, and they, this is the child that normally grows up to become a narcissist. Doesn't mean that that child feels necessarily loved and they don't get the abuses. But um, the interesting thing about a narcissist is that and a lot of people don't know this, 
A narcissist doesn't see other people as individuals. They see other people, i.e. their spouse, their partner, their children, as an extension of themselves, as an appendage of themselves. And so if they do something that the narcissist considers embarrassing, um, that they will go after and attack that person because they feel that that they are damaging their reputation. So it's quite a complex thing, but to make a long story short, so in a family unit, there's the golden child, there's the invisible child, there's the jokester child, there's the scapegoat child. And so all the trauma that takes place does affect every single family member. And inevitably, a child will come out of it as as the the wounded empath, which is the, the, somebody is the polar opposite of a narcissist, and one will come out the narcissist that normally that's the golden child. So I can see how this cycle could repeat through generations. Absolutely, absolutely. Unless it's broken, and your work is about breaking that cycle. Exactly. I'm understanding you. How do you break that cycle? How do you help? And it sounds like mostly women heal from this kind of abuse. Yes. So the way that I, I have a, a, a recovery program, it's called Reclaiming Me. And it's the journey from self-love, from narcissistic abuse to self-love. And I built the program based on this, this clear understanding that I had. I was one of those people that so like so many women who suddenly discover, oh my gosh, I'm dealing with this thing. It's called a narcissist. And what is narcissistic abuse? And so what happened to me is I, I became, you know, YouTube doctor <laughs> and I would watch every, for hours and hours and hours a day, anything that I could find, anything that I could read uh, about narcissism and for years and years and years and years and years. And yes, a lot of it, a lot of it helped, but it wasn't until the the clarity on the spectrum was explained to me. And I, I literally had an epiphanic moment where I thought to myself, you know, I spent so many years focusing, my eyes were on the narcissist, on NPD, on, on narcissistic characteristics. What if I shifted my focus and rather than look at them, the narcissist, I would instead look at the person on, look at where I stand on the spectrum. And where I stood on the spectrum was with the self-love deficiency disorder. And so I began this entire journey on really understanding what self-love is and, and so, and, and how specifically for this program, because the base of all my teaching, I, I run the feminine boss Academy and I teach women how to become the boss of their being in their business. And all of my teachings, all of my teachings have the underlying foundation of building a, a steely foundation of self-love. Um, but specifically with the Reclaiming Me program, I developed a program that is based on repairing your self-love in light of the trauma that you have experienced from the narciss from narcissistic abuse. So um, I'll, I'll share a little bit about the program very quickly. It's a six-part module. The first part of the module is called, what is this? <laughs> and there's where we, we give name to like this, this ghost that's been haunting us. The second module is called, what happened to me? And in this module, I've identified 13 of the most common, I call them shenanigans. You can call them abuses that the narcissist in, does to their victim and how these psychologically, mentally, emotionally, and physically and financially can affect your life. 
The third module is called Love and the Narcissist. And after we do all the outside work from module two, we then go inside of ourselves. And I, we, I ask, answer and examine the questions. Why was the narcissist attracted to me? I answer in the next class, why was I attracted to the narcissist I, in the next class? Why when all science said, no, don't no, no, I didn't walk, but ran back as fast as I can. What are trauma bonds? Um, why do I stay? And then that class ends with more of a spiritual experience about having to cut the spiritual ties with narcissism. And and people say, oh, can there really be spiritual ties in in a in a relationship? And I'll say, well, how many times did you think about that person, the phone ring, or that you got a text? There are definitely spiritual ties that, that need to be broken. The, the module after that is um, it's a very important module and it's called healing from CPTSD because women uh, and I work with women, people who suffer from narcissistic abuse, trauma, they have a very specific condition. And if this specific condition is not dealt with, they will not fully heal. Most people get treated for some PTSD, but that form of treatment doesn't work because the narcissistic abuse trauma victim suffers from something called CPTSD. And you have to, it's a different way of treating the trauma, the trauma that the person went through. The module after that is called when no contact is not an option. And this was a very important module to put into the program because, you know, a lot of people will say you're with a narcissist, leave, go no contact, never talk to them again. And that's all good and fine if if your life allows that. But what if you're co-parenting? What if your narcissist is a boss? What if your narcissist is your child or, or your sibling? What? How do you handle? Narcissists are not going to go away. So how are you going to handle living and holding on to yourself if you have to come in contact with the narcissist. And then finally, the last module is called Life After Narcissistic Abuse. And it's all about learning to live and love and dream again and self-care that when you find yourself maybe slipping into old habits, you'll know how to reboot yourself and bootstrap yourself back to wellness. It's a one-year program. We've been doing it, believe it or not, for 30 years, never missed a week. And it takes place twice a week, um, every week on zoom in just the couple minutes we have left i'd love to ask if there's something if there's somebody listening right now who hears themselves recognizes themselves with the self-love deficiency who recognizes in their relationship that they may be in a relationship with a narcissist is there something that you can share that they could do right now or focus on right now that might help open the door to some healing? Yes. I want to just, just a few, I'm going to give you just a few mantras that I use in my life. First off, love doesn't hurt. And if you're with somebody that's making you hurt or making you feel in the blur, that's not love. Secondly, you we're not put on this earth to make another person happy or comfortable with you. That is another person's job. Your job is to learn to be happy and comfortable within yourself. You have been put here for a unique journey on your own, and you are not obligated to sacrifice your life for anyone. And the third thing that I would like to say is that there it's a, I call them my memos from normal land. If something in your life feels crazy, um, well, let me say it this way. 
crazy people don't know that they're going crazy. So something in your life feels crazy. It means there is something in your life that's crazy and needs to be fixed. And we have a program that can help you undo the crazies because love never makes you feel crazy. Dr. Tracy, thank you so much for talking with us. It's good information. Can you let the listeners know where they can pick up the the new book? Oh, thank you very much. So my book is called Mark Shinari and it's available on amazon.com. And you can learn more about that. And you can also find our classes on drtracy.tv and, uh, or find me on Instagram at, at Dr. Tracy Kemble. Love it. Um, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you. I've been talking with Dr. Tracy Kemble. She's the author of Narctionary, the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Dictionary. You can find out more at drtracy.tv. That's D-R-T-R-A-C-Y.tv. And of course, you're always welcome over at karenhager.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private session there if you are so inclined. And if you look for me on Instagram, you'll find me there as Fog City Psychic. You can get more out of the content, uh, more, more out of the fog content there. You can also get blurry photos of, <laughs> of jigsaw puzzles in progress, beautiful things from my walks with Maisie the dog, and lots more. Thank you for listening today. Together, we are spreading a little more light in the world. And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.